the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor. And on the line with me, I have Cleveland area conservative businessman and GOP contender for the Republican nomination in the 2024 U.S. Senate race. I'm talking about Mr. Bernie Marino. Bernie, welcome to the show. How are you this hey. week? Hey, good, Jack. Thanks for having me. I, I got to say, I spend more time in Columbus now because it's a lot easier to get around the state. But uh, my home is in Cleveland, but I have a, a place here in Columbus where, where I've, uh, I probably spend five out of the seven nights a week now. That's awesome. You know, I, I think you had mentioned that previously, and I really need to, uh, I, I really need to acknowledge that because I think that's important. Uh, you know, Columbus is obviously a hub uh, for political activity and a great place to start from when you're traveling all over the state, which I know that you're doing. Before we jump into the statement you released yesterday, uh, what's been going on on the campaign trail? Going really, really well. So we're uh, out. I'm out uh, all over Ohio, about 2,000 miles I cover a week all over Ohio. We've got donors in every single county, which is a big deal. You know, Remember, I've not held public office. I've never been on a ballot. My two opponents have. And yet I would guess they haven't even hit half the counties in terms of having donors. We have them in all 88. We have county captains in every county. We have about 250 grassroots endorsements, both uh, more than both of our uh, com- uh, competitors. And we were the number one fundraiser in the entire country last quarter. So we're doing really, really well. Very confident where we're at. Uh, but it's not going to be easy to take out Sheriff Brown. No, it isn't, um, particularly when the mainstream media loves to cover for him. But you're having none of that. I, I got a statement from you yesterday. You responded to I, – I shook my head – as I read it, and then I went to uh, the Fox News story and, and read the story, and I'm just going, man, oh, man, uh, Tell us <laughs> – I'm going to let you take over from there. Uh, what did Sherrod Brown do, inconceivably, uh, and, and what do you have to say about it? So he got a grant uh, to take our money, our taxpayer money, to fund uh, drag queen shows for children. Mm-hmm. $750,000, three-quarters of a million dollars. Now, Jack, this is not only morally reprehensible because it should never have been controversial, should never be controversial. We do not sexualize children, period. Hard stop. That should never, ever be something that anybody even utters anything different than that. That's number one. Secondly, to use our money, our taxpayer dollars, our hard-earned money that we work for to subsidize that, to pay for that is disgusting. And then third... We have lots of needs here in this country. I mean, we have uh, homeless vets. We have kids that go uh, to bed hungry at night. We have about half of Americans that can't afford uh, to have a medical emergency that costs them more than $1,000. So where are our priorities? And then fourth, we're broke, Jack. We have $34 trillion in debt. And this lunatic is funding uh, drag shows for kids. 
I mean, that's exactly who he is. That's what he believes. And this is not about being anti-gay or anti-anybody's personal lifestyle decision. This is about you're using our taxpayer dollars to sexualize children. It's grotesque and it needs to end. I'm glad you said that, that it's not anti-gay. It's not anti-anything other than we want to protect our kids. Look, I don't want my kid to buy cigarettes. I don't want my kid to buy beer. I don't want my kid to drive. Doesn't mean I'm anti-automobile. Doesn't mean I'm anti-alcohol. Doesn't mean I'm anti-tobacco. It means that I do not believe that my child is at a space in life where she or he can make an informed decision about what's best for him or her. It's really simple, but you know, the mainstream media will never take it that way. They'll never say that. They're going to call you anti. They're going to call you a hater. They're going to call you a bigot. But listen, the Harmony Project Productions Inc. is is the group where the $750,000 went to. And specifically, um, in January, they had a drag time story show that they tried to tie to Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, drag performers were there interacting with kids, dancing on stage. So this thing already happened. This isn't a a conspiracy theory. $750,000 of money went to a group. Um, Dr. King's vision of the beloved community included all like-minded and all like-hearted people who seek to live in a diverse and inclusive society Central Ohio is home to a range of diverse artists that reflect our inclusive community, the nonprofit said in a platform post on January 16th. Unbelievable, man. Um, let me see. Let, let me pivot, if I may, here. Uh, I'm going to ask you something I didn't intend to ask you, but given your experience in the auto industry, uh, what are your thoughts on this UAW strike? I believe it's the first time the major, all three have, have started striking together. Uh, how do you see this, Bernie? Well, it's potentially catastrophic to the economy. The auto industry, uh, especially here in Ohio, is an extraordinarily important industry, not just uh, the actual manufacturing of the cars and components themselves, but you have uh, ripple effects through entire communities, You know, whether it's the coffee shop or the restaurant or the s- supplier for uh, one of the parts that goes in. So it's a big deal. You know, shutting this down is frightening. I was talking to a, a gentleman the other day that owns a trucking company, when you shut down a factory, his business is shut down. Well, his business is shut down. His workers don't have uh, the ability to make a living. So the ripple-on effects are pretty remarkable. The issue that's not being talked about is what's really going on. Like, what's, what's the underlying issue? And the underlying issue is an absolutely insane attempt to transition from gas-powered cars to electric-powered cars in a way that is totally irrational. First of all, the markets should decide. You know, I get uh, some uh, dopes on uh, social media that say, oh, I, I'm sure if you were born in 1900, you would have been for stagecoaches. Uh, two problems with that argument. Number one, electric cars were invented at the turn of the 19th century. Uh, I'm sorry, 20th century. There were people who made electric cars. You know what we decided back then, Jack? What? These things don't work. That's right. We, they don't have the right range. Gas is better. Gas and turtle combustion engine cars are better. We had this conversation 100 years ago, and here we are. But the second thing is the government didn't force that transition. They weren't out there buying gas stations and forcing people to transition. This should all happen naturally because of market forces. So what's happening is that, number one, the U.S. taxpayers are paying an absolute fortune, trillions of dollars it's going to cost to, to uh, move too rapidly towards electrification. Secondly, the winner in this transition by a mile is China, 
They control yep. both, most of the baseline materials. And number three, uh, the consumers are not having it. So the car companies are having to pay people to buy cars. So in the case of Ford, they're losing about $50,000 for every electric car they sell. That's their loss on that car. Ford will lose about $5 billion this year selling electric vehicles. So what is really at stake is the car companies are saying, hey, we want to pay workers a little bit more money, which I'm in favor of, of course, American workers doing better, being able to provide for their families better. But they can't do that and uh, meet the targets that the government wants. So what's the solution? And this is where Sherrod Brown should be uh, the, uh, singing at the top of his lungs about this. Let's get rid of all these electric car mandates. Let's get rid of all these incentives. Let's freeze the cafe standards for the next decade. And then the car companies can pay their workers more money. But he won't say that because he'd rather have uh, the climate cult after, uh, you know, in his side than the American worker in his side. And that's who Sherrod Brown is. And that's Jack how we're going to beat him in, uh, next year and retire him for good. Very, very good and thorough analysis. And uh, I agree with you. This really is about EV. In uh, you know, I guess the irony in it is you have uh, government officials and bureaucrats who have trillions of dollars of debt that are trying to tell American consumers how they ought to spend their money. I mean, that's lunacy to me. Um, about yeah, think, think about this for a second. Think yeah. about this for a second. So the first part is they confiscate as much of your money as they can get. And then the money that they don't confiscate, they want to tell you how to spend. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Um, Bernie, we've got about 30 seconds left. Um, so I'm going to wrap for now. Uh, listen, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I know that we're going to talk to you in the days and, and weeks ahead. Um, continue to do what you're doing. And thanks for spending some time with us this morning, or actually this afternoon. My pleasure, Jack. Anytime. All right. So up next, I'll be talking with Mehek Cook. And Mehek and I are going to dive deep again into State Issue 1. Why? Because it's important. And I can't think of a more important issue that we've had in the last 30 years in Ohio elections. So more on that. Welcome back. Time flies on this show sometimes, particularly when we have amazing guests. Whatever you're doing right now, stop and write this down. SeeTheLanguage.com. SeeTheLanguage.com. Go there. Read the page. Share the page. You know, in the Bible, it says, God said, let there be light. Well, there was light. We're made in his image, which means our words matter. It's why at the top of the show, we prayed because words matter. We prayed for Bruce. We love you, Bruce. And we're expecting that things are going well. And we expect to hear from you soon. When you're talking about the law and constitutional amendments, words matter. What does it state? What does the proposed amendment state? What doesn't it state? And what does it mean? What does the legal precedent say it means? One of the most powerful conversations I've had on this topic in a while is with a constitutional lawyer. And you know what he said? He said the United States Constitution didn't say anything about abortion. Yet we had Roe v. Wade. Because there are certain things that are inferred 
And then those inferences are applied and legal precedent then takes over. Well, we're going to talk about what issue one says, doesn't say, and what it means with my next guest, guest, excuse me, Mehek Cook. She is a spokeswoman for Protect Women Ohio. Um, She is a mom. She is an attorney. She's a political commentator. Uh, What else am I missing, Mehek? (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the Bruce Willis Show. I think you've covered it. Thank you so much for having me on, Jack. It's an honor to have you. Uh, Thank you for spending time with us. Let's get right to it. Um, What does this proposed amendment do, not do, and why is that dangerous? This proposed amendment is an anti-parent amendment. It eviscerates parental rights. It allows for on-demand abortions, including partial birth abortions. It removes health and safety standards for women. And we don't have to look any further than what happened in Michigan. In Michigan, the ACLU and extreme leftist groups went, pushed, lied to voters, passed a ballot initiative. And guess what? Now we have a legislator in Michigan getting rid of parental consent, 24-hour waiting period, even removing requirements on who can perform an abortion, specifically is removing the doctor requirement. This is what we're in store for in Ohio if this issue passes. Let me be very clear. This is about much more than abortion. The ads out there by the Ohio reproductive rights groups, they're lying to Ohioans today by stating women don't have access to abortion, women don't have access to emergency health care, women don't have access to abortion. My God, we, I've lived in Ohio for 40 years, and I know that we have access to all of these things. All you have to do is go to your local doctor and say, do I have access in case of an emergency? The answer is yes. Do I have access to birth control? The answer is yes. Don't miss the mark here. This is about parental rights. The amendment specifically allows any individual to go through a reproductive decision. Individual does not define woman. It specifically says individual. This ballot initiative doesn't even state an age limit. We're allowing our children to go through painful, life-altering surgeries without parental consent. This is not the Ohio I know we don't want Michigan's influence here. We need to hold the line. We need to vote no on issue one. So to reiterate, it is absolutely false that women can't get uh, treatment for endotopic pregnancies or miscarriages. That is absolutely on the table right now. And no one's really looking to change that. You can actually abort right now. I believe it's up until somewhere between 20 weeks, 20 and 22 weeks. Um, Current law, 22 weeks. A woman can get an abortion in Ohio for any reason. So let's just throw that out there. We have a law in Ohio. Abortion is not the debate right now. It's parental rights. Yep. Well, and look, so this amendment, it affects Article 1, which is the Bill of Rights in the state of Ohio. And- Right out of the gate, it reads, every individual, that means any age, including minors, has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. That means no parental consent for minors is needed. And including but not limited to. So without limits, 
gender selection, abortions, harvesting body parts, chemical castration, trans surgeries on minors, all of it. That's what this amendment would allow. Am I off base you there? Nailed it. You nailed No, you, you nailed it. There are no restrictions. This is so extreme. And the part about this amendment is if you continue to read further down, it specifically sta- states the state may not burden an individual. State laws and courts across the country have denied and not allowed parental consent once a amendment like this passes because parental consent is a burden. And let me tell you, the ACLU has spent their entire marketing campaign calling parental consent a burden across America. So this is just one more point to articulate here. If this amendment goes through, we will not be able to put any health and safety standards or parental consent because it's known as a burden. You know, the interesting part is that one of the red herring arguments of people who want this to pass is, again, endotopic treatment um, and uh, miscarriage treatment. But the reality is the way that this is written, um, it would turn decision making regarding um, abortions and uh, pregnancy care over to people who are abortionists and maybe not qualified. Doesn't that put a woman at greater risk? A hundred percent. The way that this constitutional amendment is written is the abortionist has the final say. And it further says you can have an abortion if there's determined to be a health issue. And by the way, health means financial, mental, physical. It's so wide open that it allows for abortion on demand. This is not where Ohio is. We have a state law that we really should turn to. And more importantly, we don't want our health and safety standards eviscerated. We want to ensure that women have the proper care. We have those laws in Ohio. This is just trying to trick Ohioans and deceive us into thinking this is about abortion when it's truly about much more. Our parental rights, which across America are being attacked. We're not the only state but we are the battleground state because we are being tested. The ACLU is trying to see if they can get away with passing a radical amendment. It's the most radical amendment in the country right now. We are the test case, and we need to wake up as parents. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. This impacts all families. These are your decisions at your dinner table, not for the ACLU and the largest transgender group in America to dictate these are our children. We must protect them. I couldn't say it any better. Uh, Mahek Cook, thank you for your uh, passionate defense of parental rights and uh, unborn children. And thank you for joining us today on The Bruce Woolley Show. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.